Mackerel Podcast number 427 for September 30th, 2014, brought to you by The Great Courses, engaging audio and video courses for those who love to learn. Veradesk, the height-adjustable standing desk for a healthier working environment, and Igloo, the internet you'll actually like. Welcome to another Mackerel Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Breen, and this week begins the reign <laughs> of my new co-host, who is... Hi, I'm Susie Oaks. Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you as well. <laughs> is this the first time we've met? Uh, no, it's not. But no. it's the first time I've met some of you out there in podcast land. I've been on a couple of the Macro Pundit showdowns. And if any of you listen to the Clockwise podcast that Tech Hive started, and now Jason Snell has taken over, I was on that a few times too. Awesome. Okay, so um, before we get into the news of the week, uh, this is a new thing for us. You are You are a new personality. So why don't you tell us what you do here and uh, what sort of uh, what sort of power you wield? <laughs> Absolute power. <laughs> I am the new executive editor at Macworld, so I'm kind of running the day-to-day, greenlighting stories, working with all our wonderful freelancers and staff members to make the site um, its Macworldiest that it could be. Very nice. I'm really excited. It's an amazing opportunity. Cool. Okay, well, um, let's then, now that everybody knows you, intimately. <laughs> Let's talk about what's happened this week. And, and I want to start with something that is not um, not about Apple necessarily, but is a shocker. And because you want to open up with a big shocker. And the big shocker for this week is it turns out that the National Safety Board, and there is such a thing, uh, and their concern is safety, and they are on a board. And it turns out they've done some very extensive testing, and they have discovered that if you drive with Google Glass, uh, you are not driving safely. Yeah, I'm not really that surprised. <laughs> really? No. Really? No. So you don't common sense didn't do it for you? Yeah, I mean, the screen isn't right over your eyes. You have to kind of look up. So it's not quite like if you're responding to a text message of a phone that you're holding in your hand, you have to really look all the way down to your hand. With Google Glass, you're still looking away. So it's not it might not be quite as bad, but you're not, you don't have your eyes on the road. And when you're driving, you should always have your eyes on the road. And it's just, it's so upsetting that people don't realize this. This is common sense. Well, exactly. I mean, this seems like common sense. And yet, the legislature is moving very slowly on this. Yeah. I think somebody got pulled over wearing Google Glass and, you know, lawyers got involved and, and she said, no, this is, I wasn't using Google Glass. I just was wearing them. And the police were saying, ah, come on, take it off your face. Um, and so they, they dropped it. They, they weren't going to throw her in the who's gal over this, and I'm not sure that was a good idea or not. Um, and now we have state legislatures who are pondering what this means, and most of them have no idea what Google Glass yeah. is to begin with. They barely know what the Internet is. Exactly. So I think that's why we have the National Safety Council that actually has to do a study so they can write it up in easy-to-understand paragraphs <laughs> and hand over to your elected officials so they go, Oh, let's see what this does. Oh, I see it puts words and pictures in front of your eyes while you're driving. Hmm, maybe that's not such a hot idea. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't have a little screen pop up and play movies on your dashboard, so you can't wear it on your face either. That's basically what it is. It's a little screen that you wear on your face. Yeah. So, uh, but to be fair to Google Glass, which I rarely am, <laughs> but in this case I will be, um, to be fair, they did a test between this and actual texting. 
So instead, you'd have your phone in your hand, and as you say, you would be looking down. You can't see me, but I'm looking down. And you're typing stuff on your phone, and then you look up and you go, oh, and then you crash into somebody's car or a hydrant or something. In this case, they're saying you are less distracted wearing Google Glass because you don't have that action of putting your face down. Your actually face is up the whole time, but you're looking off what, the top right corner? Yeah, it's like up in the upper right. So you do have to kind of avert your eyes and unless you, you know, your eyes move independently of each other because mm. your grandma was a weird frog or something, then, <laughs> then mo- both of your eyes are going to be moving up and to the right. I think it's the right. I'm pretty sure it's the right. Yeah, yeah well, I'm, you know, my grandma actually was a weird frog and I'm now deeply offended. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's something I have to live with. Uh, I mean, that would be cool. I would love to move my eyes independently. I've got a toddler, so that would really help me out. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Um, hmm. Okay. So um, <laughs> common sense wills out, except, again, we need this study to show that, that people will do this. But let's talk about other kinds of distracted driving people do. Um, in California, at one time, it was not okay to have your little mappy thing, your GPS on your dashboard, or your phone up there because that was distracted driving. And yeah. Now people say, oh, no, but that's okay. Well, now you see the Uber drivers that have, like, their Uber phone and their personal phone and their Lyft phone, like, all stuck to the dashboard with those huge suction cups. Like, people have sort of gotten over the – because we, we, we pretend we're using them hands-free. But really, I mean, if you're trying to use something that's right there, you're going to look at it. Like, that's just, it's yeah. just human interaction. You're going to look at it. So what about the defenders of Google Glass then who say, well, yeah, but look, people slap these things all over the dashboard. So why should I not be allowed to wear this particularly ugly eyewear that may be switched on or may not be? Right. How distracting is that? How fair is that, I ask you? I think Google Glass people are just kind of realizing that there's very little reason. Like, there's just not a lot of situations where it's appropriate to wear Google Glass. Like they, yeah, they wanted to wear it in public, and there's been backlash. Like, people are creeped out by seeing someone with a face camera yeah. like, walking around in public. And even and they say, oh, I'm not recording you. Why would I be recording you? It's like, it's still creepy. So they've kind of started to absorb that. And now it's like, where else can you wear it? You can wear it in your house, but that's not that exciting. <laughs> you can wear it at your job, but then no one wants to have lunch with you. And you can't wear it in your car. It only lasts for like an hour or two between charges. So it's just, I feel like it's part of it is Google Glass people kind of like trying to f- be like, well, we, we paid $1,500 for these weird face computers. Where are we going to be able to wear them? And it's, it's, not, it's not our problem because people are such terrible drivers anyway. So you're saying that basically Google Glass is the fuzzy pink bathrobe of technology. Yeah, yeah, it is. You can wear it in your house. Yeah. And then otherwise, just don't. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Just don't do it. Just don't do They're it. They're just weird. I don't know. I, you know, I, yeah. I guess some people like them. You can take videos without using your hands. That's kind of nice. That would be convenient a few times. But yeah, exactly. it's, not worth, it's not worth the trade-offs of just, you know, how uncomfortable and weird it, it makes all your interactions with other people. Yeah. Okay. Well, now we've lost our three Google Glass listeners. And Sorry. I, bye. Yeah. <laughs> don't let the door hit you. Um, the other day... Uh, speaking of technology and cars, uh, a friend of mine has a Tesla. And, uh, nice. Nice. I know I'm dropping friend's name. Not his name, but he has a Tesla. And so this is the first time I've been in a Tesla. And it is like um, I thought it would be religious. And I got in the car, and it's like somebody had strapped a big iPad to the console. Because yeah. you look down, and you go, wow, look at that. Huh, it kind of looks like my iPad. I'm a little bigger. Hmm. Maybe I could just put my iPad in my Camry, and then I, too, would feel like – because it was just – you know, it was like showing you the map. 
Yeah. You know, here's my navigation system. I could do that with my iPad. Yeah, the iPad mini is a good size for that. Yeah, well, this is bigger than the iPad mini. This okay. is like the iPad Ultra. You know, It'll be the <laughs> iPad Plus when that ever comes out. Sweet. But again, it was like, uh, if you want to use this thing, you got to look down. It's not... You mm-hmm. would think with the Tesla, it would like be on the glass and you know sort of projected like RoboCop or something really cool, uh, but it's not. It's down. So again, you have to go. Oh, I'm driving, and I look down, and then I don't know. Maybe it has some sort of safety mechanism built in so you don't crash. Yeah, I feel like when I've gotten demos of some of these in-car systems, it's always very restricted. You can use everything when the car is in park, but I yeah. mean, you're not really sitting in your car with it in park, like doing that much. So I always want to use it while the car is moving, and it's it, it shuts off a lot of things that it doesn't want yeah. you to use because of regulations and stuff. So so it's just been more. It makes more sense for me to just keep using my iPhone. I can plug my iPhone into my car stereo and just use my iPhone, and it does everything because it doesn't, you know, care if we're moving or not. So it's like not as safe, but more convenient. <laughs> right, and you can also now that you plug it into power, you can say, "Hey Siri." Yeah. And Siri will now respond and then take you to the wrong destination without you actually having to touch the thing. Yeah, and I think as voice commands get more, you know, get get more robust and better, and can, every iOS iteration Siri can do more things. She can launch yeah. apps for you and. Um, I would really like it if she could play music that isn't in my music app. Like, I do a lot of streaming, so I'm kind of on my own with those. But I can keep, you know, a few albums of car happy music in, in my music folders that she can play. But, um, yeah, and that's something that Google Glass does. It's 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 a lot of voice commands. Yeah. So so that's something that, you know, it's it's on the right track. And I But we don't need it to be on your face for that. Like, the phones are getting better voice and the... the the in-dash systems are all, you know, mm-hmm. integrating voice. And, you know, if, if we really have driverless cars in 10 years from now, then you can do whatever you want because you won't be driving <laughs> You're anymore. just hanging out. You might as well be on the train. Yeah. Um, but I do think the with newspaper the, right there. Right. <laughs> well, there won't be newspapers. Uh, there, that's know. right. Um, but I do think with the Beats deal that I have to think that Siri and Beats are going to start working together in a while. That would so be great. The dream will come true where it's like, no, it – because you do stream. I stream, too. And it's yeah. like, well, that's a drag that I can't unless I call it up with my hands. Yeah. So I would love to say, hey, Siri, Beats, and then, you know, play the top albums of the yeah. week or something. Or, and, I mean, I could probably kind of now I could say, Siri, launch RDO, and then I could just sort of mash at the screen until something started playing. And whatever's on my home screen of RDO is something that I've been listening to or that I probably oh. enjoy or that one of my friends enjoys. So, yeah, it's it's not that it's not that important, but the voice the voice commands are going to be bigger in the car. Yeah, yeah. No, I think so because exactly for this reason that people are talking about Google Glass being dangerous. So uh, we do want more hands free. We want a smarter Siri that does stuff in the car, and I think that I mean, surely Apple's thinking about this kind of thing because yeah. we all want it. Okay, before we get on to the next thing, here is a word from the Great Courses, which is engaging audio and video courses for those who love to learn. As I mentioned last week, I love learning. That's why I'm a big fan of The Great Courses. They offer engaging video and audio lectures taught by top professionals and experts in their field. Currently, I'm watching their Fundamentals of Photography course by professional photographer and National Geographic fellow, Joel Sartori. Now, how great is it that you can be taught by somebody of that stature? Now, the wonderful thing, particularly for me, is that I'm a very enthusiastic photographer, but I'm not a very good one. And I've learned an awful lot from this. For example, I have a better idea of how to set up lighting, what kind of a lighting is appropriate, and what isn't quite so good. I've also learned a lot more about aperture. And of course, now I have a better idea of how to compose my shots. 
And what this has done is taken some pretty dull postcard-like pictures and turned them into something interesting. At least I hope so. So what exactly is The Great Courses? Well, it has over 500 courses on many subjects, including science, literature, art, music, and more. And you can watch The Great Courses either with online downloads and streaming via their apps or on DVDs or CDs. And you can do it all at your own pace. And there are no exams at the end of it. I really want you to give it a try. The Great Courses has a special offer for Macworld listeners. Order Fundamentals of Photography and you get 80, that's 80% off the original price. But this 80% savings is only available for a limited time. Don't wait. Go to thegreatcourses.com slash Macworld. That's thegreatcourses.com slash Macworld. So another story that got a lot of attention, possibly too much attention last week, was these reports that some iPhone 6 buyers who had had their phones for less than a week were already experiencing some slight bends in the mm. case from sitting on them and being in their pockets. And then once those, you know, those pictures started getting out, then of course you had a bunch of tech blogs and jokers pile on and say, look, if I bend it like the Hulk, it'll bend. And that's that's a big boo-boo on Apple's part. So what did you think of that? Did you think it was way overblown or did you think it was, you know, that we're right to, to hold Apple's feet to the fire? And they sold 10 million phones over the weekend. So, you know, like having a few of them with manufacturing defects, like doesn't seem that shocking to me, but... I mean, I'd be mad if I got my phone and it bent six days later. Yeah, I, and I don't even know if it's a manufacturing defect or if it's just that's the way the thing is designed. It's made out of aluminum. Mm -hmm. It's tall. It's Apple makes stuff as thin as they possibly Very can. Thin. So, sure, I mean, I have a MacBook Air here, and I suspect that if I sat on it uh, the wrong way, it would bend because yeah. it's made out of aluminum. Uh, Apple says there were nine customer concerns about this that so out of 10 million that doesn't include the pre-orders so about 14 million people nine were uh were concerned about this and then the one story that came out is apparently it it only bends if you're wearing formal wear because the person <laughs> was wearing like in a tuxedo for 18 hours which is a long time to be in a tuxedo maybe he's james bond oh could be well in that case no wonder it bent he was being shot at and yeah was hit by bullets. i don't think he's being being totally honest about his crime fighting <laughs> well, activities. James Bond. Yeah, oh, no, he actually can be because he just is Bond, James Bond. Everybody knows his name. It's not like he's just Smith, John Smith. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's one of these instances where there is a segment of the population that loves to jump on Apple about anything because mm -hmm. they're kings of the world or queens of the world. They run the joint now. Um there are people that are very, very enthusiastic about Apple stuff, and let's face it, some of them are obnoxious. And so when the opportunity crops up that you can say, aha, see, Apple isn't perfect after all, and we were right to buy this Android phone and Windows and all this other stuff that we own, and Google Glass too, that um, it's their opportunity to come back and say, well, you made the wrong decision by buying that Apple gear. Yeah. And um, so... I think Apple did the right thing by responding as it did. Mm -hmm. Said, I, I mean, maybe they had more complaints. We don't know. But they said, no, it's nine. Um, they didn't have to issue sort of the Steve Cook's version of Steve Jobs saying you're holding it wrong. <laughs> but I think there are plenty of people in the world who just said, well, then don't sit on it. You're sitting on it wrong. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> 
I actually I've seen more women than men carry their phones in their back pocket. Yeah. And maybe that's because there's more room in the back pocket, or I don't know why, why that is exactly. Yeah, but. our front pockets are tiny. Yeah. Because they don't want you to put stuff in your front pockets because then it kind of adds, you know, volume to your hip area. It's not a good look. on So a lot of women's pants don't have front pockets. Sometimes they have fake front pockets, and uh. it looks like there's a pocket there, and it isn't. So, yeah, like we, we have a harder time finding a phone size pocket than, than guys do, I think. So, you know, that's why I'm excited about the Apple Watch and some of these wearables that give you uh, – there's a ring that – just flashes when you get a notification on your phone. So you can leave it in your bag and still feel like you're connected. Um, yeah, I don't know. They, I, I feel like they probably didn't get that many complaints. And when something happens with your phone when it's brand new, if you bring it to the Genius Bar, they have a lot of latitude to help yeah. you out. And it's really just up, like Apple doesn't have – and I don't think they should have, uh, you know, a policy. So someone's like, oh, I don't really like this phone. I'm just going to bend a little bit and take it in. Um, but, I mean, you know, I shattered a phone. I got a phone wet. And if you take it in and you're just like, hey, I messed up my phone. I'm so sad. Like, they might help you out. They, they don't mm-hmm. always. They don't have to. But, yeah, I feel like if you brought in a phone that's bent that you had for six days, they would take care of you. Like, Apple's really good at customer service. And they uh, yeah. don't get enough credit for that. Right. And also, if you don't like your phone... Uh, they do have a 14-day mm-hmm. return policy. So if you, you know, you get the iPhone 6 Plus, for example, go, wow, this is bigger than I thought. I don't want this. Mm-hmm. If you do it in the first two weeks, you can go back to the Apple store and say, um, I, I think I want an iPhone 6 instead. Yeah. All right. Fine. It'll be a good opportunity for the case makers, too, to say, hey, this case is nicely rigid. And Oh, they're all over it already. Yeah, yeah. I've gotten so many case pitches in the last three days. And it's all about, oh, well, if they'd put it in our case. Yeah. This wouldn't have happened, and and maybe that's so. But it does. If if people are already concerned about putting the the six plus in their pocket, now you're going to add a case to it that's going to keep it more rigid. So big, so big. Yeah, I don't even like putting cases on my phone. I have one on this phone because it's you know we're using it for photos and videos and stuff, Mm -hmm. and I feel like I have to keep it pristine. But it's just it it makes me sad to put a you know cheap piece of rubber over this beautiful phone. I have one on. I have a Mophie case. And I, and I use it only because of the battery. Yeah. If I didn't have to have a battery on my phone because um, I, I, do th- I stream a lot, so I tend to run out of battery pretty yeah. quickly. So I do keep a Mophie juice pack on there, but if I didn't need one, I wouldn't put a case That's on That's the other thing. I would even love it if they're, instead of two screen sizes, if there were two like battery sizes, if they made kind of the XL Ooh. that was like a l- couple millimeters thicker, I would totally take that trade off to have more battery capacity and the phone was only a little thicker cuz i you know i have a mophie 2 and i like it but i only use it if i like i know i'm going to need yeah, it yeah. that day cuz it just yeah, it does make the phone really big well let's talk a little bit about sizes um because i at least in our uh, comments for some of the stories we've been doing the last couple of weeks people have really been talking a lot about the size that this has been a significant jump not not just the 6 plus but even the 6 is is big for some people who are coming from something like a 4S mm-hmm. or a 5 where they go, holy mackerel, look how big that thing is. What do you think about offering more sizes without going into kind of the Samsung game, you know, where yeah. you've got like 20 different sizes? But uh, as I said in a piece we did, I think last week, um, we were all talking about the perfect size for a phone, and I really like the size of the 4S, Yeah, that 3.5-inch screen. I know people say, wow, that's so tiny compared, but it felt so good in my hand yeah. when I used it. Um, do you think Apple's going to 
keep playing the let's make it bigger because everybody else wants it? Or do you think at some point they're going to go, wait a minute, let's go back to our core principle here, which is we thought the original phone size was pretty good and we'll offer that for the, you know, the iPhone pequeño. Yeah. Yeah. The iPhone mini. Um, well, the iPod mini was so popular yeah. and it wasn't like, I mean, gigabyte for gigabyte, it was more expensive. Mm-hmm. And it, so it wasn't like that much of a bargain, but people just liked it because it was small. And the and trend colorful. in electronics for so long was to make them smaller and smaller and smaller. But now that it's, you know, a big screen that you're trying to do things on, like it's, it does make sense to make them bigger. But I feel like a lot of it's a trend. It's a trend thing. And trends go, you know, up and down and in and out. So... I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, maybe not next year because it would yeah. seem like they had made a mistake right, and they right, were right. backpedaling. But maybe in a couple of years if, you know, people are selling smaller phones, maybe this year the iPhone 5S will, will keep selling not in, you know, the numbers that it did before. Mm-hmm. But maybe, you know, enough people will buy the 5S that they'll say, hey, let's give a processor bump to the 4-inch phone or the 3.5-inch yeah. phone. Because, I mean, my husband has a iPhone 4S and he likes it, but, you know, he's still on iOS 6 because yeah. he's kind of chicken about upgrading. And, As he should be. Yeah, so it's you get to the point where the phone's still great, but you want to keep being eligible for all this, like, awesome new software. So, um, so yeah, they would have to do something. I, I, I think it would be cool. I, I, I like the bigger phone, but I think a lot of people would buy a smaller one too. I'm seeing a lot of comments from people who – who didn't care for the size of the um, of the really big one, and some of them, and again, the people that comment in, on stories tend to be the ones who have the largest axe to grind. Yeah, uh, but a lot of them have retreated not to the six but to the five S mm-hmm. because they were coming from a four or maybe a five, and they said, you know, after all, it turns out the five S is a really good size. Yeah, for me, I've still got my five S mostly because I don't want to pay for a six yet because I'm just one year into it. Um, but it, I. I don't know if it's heartening or not to see people kind of backtrack and say, wait, you know, I don't really need to go with this whole bigger thing. The 5S is plenty big for me. Um, I know I understand people getting the the 6 Plus with the idea that it's sort of that, well, now I don't need an iPad mini anymore. Yeah. But it's not quite big enough for me to do that. So, and I already have an iPad, so I'm not sure what a Plus would do for me. Again, but again, I haven't used one, so... It's pretty subjective. It depends on what you use it for. If you are all, you know, if you use your iPhone mostly when you're on the train and you're holding onto the strap so you don't fall over, like then one-handed is going to be really important to you. Yeah. But if you mostly use your iPhone, like you know, at your house or at your office, and you're kind of used to two hands, if you use, if you're a stylus user, you're sort of used to using mm-hmm. two hands. So it just kind of depends on how you work with your iPhone. I think that you know, but. I don't like the big screen, but I'd been using Android phones for a little oh, while right. at TechHive, so it wasn't that big of a shock for me. I think it's an adjustment, and the three and a half to four inch adjustment when the iPhone five came out, that was pretty fast because it wasn't mm-hmm. that much wider, and you could right. still get your thumb to both sides of the screen. But this is just—it's a bigger adjustment, and I feel like. Apple fans are so loyal to the iPhone. They've been getting iPhones for mm-hmm. years that it's it's kind of a shock if you haven't used a bigger phone. That you, it takes a little while to get used to. And we're only a couple weeks in. So um, I feel like the people who got them at first, even if they didn't like it, if they haven't gotten around to returning it yet, they might you know, one day find that I mean, this doesn't really bother me as much as it did. Well, how long did it take you to make that adjustment then when you went to the bigger Android phone when suddenly you're confronted with this slab and went, ooh. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it right really? away. Oh, okay. Yeah, I liked it right away. It's it's just nice to have more space and you can, you know, spread things out a little more. And 
Um, I watch a lot. I read a lot of books on my phone, mm-hmm. so you're not flipping the pages quite as right, much. Right. I do a lot of reading on my phone and um, and some some videos. So, and have you seen the new BlackBerry? Yeah. Did you see the picture of it with the American single, the the cheese? No, no. You know those like wrapped yeah, up yeah, yeah. individual pieces of cheese? Uh, I think it was the Wall Street Journal. Um, so it's the size of, of a square the hunk screen, of cheese. The screen, like the cheese covers the screen completely and then you have the little like <laughs> keyboard below Does that it. make any sense to you? Or is it just for people who really, really want mechanical keys again? Yeah. I mean, it seems like, you know, the say – the BlackBerry's figuring out, well, we don't have any new ideas. So let's try an old one. Yeah. And so let's give them mechanical keys because there must be people out there who still want real keys versus – and I'm sure I'm there, sure there is. There There's probably a niche. are. Yeah. If they want to be a niche, you know, a niche phone maker for a niche audience, then, then they can do it because yeah. – People liked that messaging thing that they did mm-hmm. that I feel like now it wouldn't be that hard to recreate on a platform, another platform. But, um, yeah, it's people really like those keys so they can tap out their their responses at a meeting under the table. That's right. Having a look Very at the important screen. meeting, government meeting right yeah. here I was on my BlackBerry with just the size of a piece of cheese. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're going to talk about something else. But first, a message from Veradesk, which is the height-adjustable standing desk for a healthier working environment. It's no longer a question. It's a fact as backed up by the Mayo Clinic. Sitting all day is bad for your health. The Veradesk is a height-adjustable standing desk that sits on top of your existing furniture, and it allows you to raise from a seated to a standing position in just three seconds. It ships fully assembled and is ready to use right out of the box. There are four models to choose from for single and dual monitors starting at just $275. You can learn more at veridesk.com. That's V-A-R-I-Desk.com. And now I want to talk about privacy a little bit because there have been a couple of stories this week about privacy that I think are important. Um, One is that with the iPhone 6... Apple has got some new privacy technology in there, which uh, they claim cannot be mucked with by the NSA and other law enforcement agencies. And people who care about privacy are going, awesome. And people who uh, care about your secrets are less thrilled with it. And that would be the NSA and police departments. Um, and that's part one. And, the, and part two is that there's a new social media service called Ello, E-L-L-O. And that's been getting a lot of buzz. And primarily because in terms of privacy, that's kind of their selling component, that they say, we're not Facebook. We're not trying to sell your personal information. That's not how we make our money. So if you want to do Facebook without them intruding into your life, you should use our thing, which I think is an interesting thing that that privacy has now become a feature, and that both mm-hmm. Apple and and some some of these startups are now touting it as such. So the interesting thing is how many people are going to start buying stuff based on that? Will people really leave Facebook simply because they don't like Facebook digging into, into your stuff? I would be one of those people. Um, and then. How much do we care about law enforcement and the NSA saying, well, Apple is being very bad? And um, and w- one of the defenses was that pedophiles now <laughs> are going to be using – it will be the pedophile's choice of phone because uh, law enforcement won't be able to get into it and find out you know, what these creeps are doing. Uh, so that's, that's – I'm putting that on the table and you may do with it at what you will. Okay, so yeah, Ello, 
I like the trend of both Elo and Apple and other companies using privacy as a selling point, saying, hey, look, you have choices in you know, technology providers and social networks, and here's the thing that we're going to hang our hat on, is that we care about your security and your privacy and that you are our customer and not our product. So that's a good thing. Um, I went to South by Southwest this year. I saw Edward Snowden speak, um, you know, not live through nine proxies from Russia. But um, so and that that was one of the things that he said. He was mm-hmm. like, look, the young developers in this room, like, think make your startups and your companies and your products privacy first and then tell your users like why that's important and why right. that matters and why they should be willing to pay for it because I think they are willing to pay for it but it, you know it has to be an option and it has to be like clearly explained to them like why that has value so so that's a good thing and I mean yeah, I mean, I want law enforcement to be able to do its job, but, you know, they they had ways to catch criminals before we were all carrying around, like, our whole digital mm-hmm. lives in our pockets. And so it's sort of like they need to go back to that, I guess, because, yeah, I mean, you, your computer could be encrypted and that would be a problem for them. But those things aren't typically on by default. Right. So the just, just Apple, like, turning it on by default is... I mean, it's a small step for 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 Apple, but it's it's a really big deal for their customers. So, yeah, I think that Apple's you know loyalty should be to their customers, and yeah. they should they should think about their customers' needs and not law enforcement's because you know that's kind of their problem. Well, yeah, and I because we've seen this a lot, not just in terms of mobile devices, but other companies that basically the NSA has come in and said, "You give us what we want," or um, I don't know. I think it was um, uh, Yahoo that said, "Yeah, the NSA came and said, if we don't hand over our, our uh, users' data, we're guilty of treason, <laughs> and they're like going to throw us all in the Hoosgow because we violated various privacy acts or uh, security acts." And I, I'm pleased to see that Apple is really just, you know, instead of saying, "Look, we're trying not to give this information to the government because they don't deserve it." But instead of being active about it and just say, hey, we developed a technology that they can't get into. And so if they want to take us to court over this or if they want to throw Tim Cook in the jug for treason, let them try. I would love to see one of these CEOs just stand up and say, no, we're not going to do it. Yeah. And they say, well, you're guilty of treason. All right, go ahead. Put me on trial for treason. Me, the head of Google. <laughs> me, the head of Oracle, put me on trial in front of the entire world and see how far that gets you. Apple's legal team could bankrupt the government. They they could buy the government. Yeah. So I'm I'm very proud that Apple did this. And I think what shows the the weakness of law enforcement's argument is they went right to pedophilia. Yeah. I mean, they didn't talk about (laughs) terrorism. They didn't try to come up with a good reason that they need this information, but they just said, well, pedophiles. Because, I mean, it's that, it's the lamest plea when you say, well, think about the children. Yeah. When you go there first, I have a child. I care about this sort of thing. But when I see that pulled out of the bag first, it's like, man, there's nothing else in the bag. Yeah, It's just, that's what you got. You're going to threaten me as a parent that some creep is going to get, I don't know, it has something on their phone that the government needs to know about. Yeah. 
But the bigger problem is that, you know, iPhones are stolen all the time. Mm -hmm. I remember, I can't remember if it was iOS 7 or iOS 6 that added the thing where you couldn't turn off Find My iPhone. And iOS 7. There were actually yeah. policemen out, like when people were waiting in line to buy the new phone and iOS 7 had only been out for a couple of days, they were handing out flyers, like telling people, look, upgrade to iOS 7, like uh -huh. use these tools, like Apple's giving you tools to help your phone, you know, being stolen, not like ruin your whole life. So, so use this stuff. And then all of a sudden, like Apple went too far. And they're like, wait, 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 wait a minute. We don't want iPhone thieves to be able to access your information, but we want to access your information. And Right. Well, because for law enforcement, it was a pain in the neck because people would call up and say, somebody stole my iPhone and I'm afraid they're going to get my data. So mm -hmm. what they want is like, you can stop calling us now because your data is safe. Your phone's gone and we're not going to go get your phone, but at least your data is safe because somebody can't unlock it, you know, without stealing your thumb or knowing your Apple ID, for example. I mean, that's yeah. how you get back into the thing. So it was in law enforcement's best interest to let people know about this. But you're right. This next step of like, oh, we can't get into them at all. <laughs> right. None of that and so, yeah, I mean, they can't subpoena Apple to get into your phone because Apple just can't. They don't yeah. have they don't keep your codes. And that's a feature. Um, but they, you know, you have the codes. So if it's really that important, like they could try to, you know, compel you to give it up and bring that before a judge. And there's, you know, they, they have the whole court system and everything on their side. And I think they're going to be fine. Yeah, it would require they have some evidence that you've done something wrong yeah. instead of just fishing in your phone and finding, ah, yeah. I mean, there's that whole unreasonable search and seizure thing. I think it's out of fashion now, but I think that was somebody wrote that down once a very long time ago. Yeah. And, uh, and said that was bad. Yeah. And so good for Apple. I'm. I'm all over that. And I haven't tried it all. You've, you've tried it? A little bit. I signed up for an account because I was like, ooh, maybe I can get an awesome username. And <laughs> I ended up with my... <laughs> Did you? I ended up with my same username as I had on Twitter. I was trying for just my first name. So whoever whoever's Susie on LO, I, I, you know, you're my enemy. But... um. <laughs> But yeah, it's weird. Like, there's no discovery. The only way to find people is to go on other social networks and say, hey, I'm SF Susan Ello. Like, add me. Uh. And there's no privacy. All accounts are public. So they say, oh, like, we don't sell your data to other people, but you can't lock it down at all. Like, Facebook, oh. Google+, Twitter, Instagram, every other account has an option for you to go private. They're like, oh, right. that's on the list. We're getting there. There's no apps yet. There's no iOS app. There's no Android app. I looked a few times. I was like, that's got to be a mistake. Maybe I'm spelling LO wrong. Nope, no apps yet. Um, the design is not that great. And there's no, they say there's going to be no ads, but it's a venture back company mm -hmm. that, you know, so the investors are going to be looking for either someone to buy it and then, you know, all the rules change right. or to go to IPO. And that's a long way <laughs> off. They right. have a lot of work to do. And um, Caitlin McGarry, our, our awesome news writer, wrote a story that's on Macworld, um, posted on Monday, that there's really no hook. You know, like mm -hmm. like Instagram is for your pictures and Facebook is for you keep up with your friends and Twitter is for news. And it doesn't, it doesn't have like a hook yet. Mm -hmm. So I think they were thinking, oh, if we build it, like, you know, that will all work itself out. So, but um, the big exodus from Facebook isn't I, Ella wants you to think it's because Facebook and the ads and they're selling your data and stuff. But w one of the things that really uh, gave it momentum in the last week or so, and you've been hearing about Ella all the time, is that Facebook is uh, they've been enforcing this real names policy, mm -hmm. and they 
there was some debate as to whether it was an algorithm or if it was just some jerk like reporting people, but some they, they were uh, shutting down the profiles of a lot of drag queens hmm. who use their drag names on Facebook because that's their persona. And, that, right. and they, so Facebook said, no, 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 you have to use your real name. And a lot of people in, you know, com- you know, communities like the LGBTQ community were, were like, no, we don't want to do that. That's not fair. And they had meetings with Facebook and try to get them to change their minds. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those people are, are kind of jumping ship to, to LO and, right. um, you know, getting like-minded people to, to do the same kind of in solidarity. So, and then LO said, okay, now we're going to open up invites and the, you know, tech press all jumped in. And right. So it's, it seems kind of half-baked. Like it's, it's still in beta. So, you know, and Google kind of ruined how we all think of beta, but it it really does feel very beta. Yeah. Well, and, I, and it may be that they just had the idea about let's sell it as privacy and the rest will come later. Yeah. But let's get people before somebody else comes in and says, hey, we're all about privacy. Drat. But and it's weird theirs. that it's like privacy, but you can't hide anything you do there from anyone else who wants to look at it. Yeah. that, that You is... can't block people. Like there's, there's nothing. Yeah. I think that's... Uh... Like, I haven't used it, like, so, so maybe I shouldn't say it's creepy, but it sounds a little creepy. Yeah. I mean, if they if they work on that stuff, but it's just weird that they're hanging their hat on privacy and you can't even block someone who's harassing you. Like, you'd have no recourse rather than to leave LO. Right. Well, I'm sure they're listening in, so um, put that number one on the list, please. Yeah. Privacy. Bump, bump it up the queue a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, their list of things they were working on was way more compelling than their <laughs> list of things they had already like gotten in. Someday, so, yeah, this will be awesome. Yeah, and if you would just give us more money, we will make it happen. Yeah, soon, they're probably headquartered people. like three blocks from here, and there's a lot of guys in hoodies like tapping away. Working Should I wander right over there after this? I don't know. I don't know where they are, but I'm just guessing because I just thought I could the, stand in the intersection, of various this, blocks around here, and say, "Hey, we're in the startup <laughs> ghetto for sure." Any, anybody in Allo? Yeah, uh, could you make that happen right now, please? Okay, uh, we're going to finish up with one more thing. But before we do, we're going to talk about Igloo, which is the internet you'll actually like. Igloo is an internet you'll actually like. It's built with easy-to-use apps like shared calendars, Twitter-like microblogs, file sharing, and more. Everything is built right in, and everything is social, meaning that you can share it, you can comment on it, rate it, and like it. It's all about getting your company communicating better and more openly. Technology is getting progressively more mobile, from smartphones to Wi-Fi to wearables, and it's all about connecting on the go. With Igloo, one of the best features is that our internet solution was designed with mobile in mind, with responsive design built in. So, it'll work on the latest and greatest iPhone, and even those Android and BlackBerry devices, too. Try Igloo today for free. Go to igloosoftware.com backslash Macworld. Once again, that's igloosoftware.com slash Macworld. Okay, and the other um, sensational headline of the day, it turns out that Apple has failed. Um, <laughs> Aw. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> they were doing so good. I know, they were great, but now it's totally a fail. Too bad. Uh, specifically, it's the iPhones that are totally a fail. And the reason is, and this is, this is science here, so um, smugglers who've been, well, you know, they sold a bunch of iPhones, but, last week 10 million of the things and it turns out that a, some of them there were people <laughs> standing in line that were buying a bunch of iPhones and they were taking them to other countries where the iPhone was not yet available so one of them was China so somebody has done very deep investigative reporting and they found that when the first bunch of iPhones went to China you could get around $2,000 for an iPhone 6 and $2,500 for a 6 plus well 
Turns out that the black market price now for an iPhone 6 is only $1,060, and uh, plus is only $1,436. So you've got, what, like double the price. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's terrible. Um, so there apparently there's a glut of these black market phones in China, and that means that Apple is doomed. And so um, this is a new... Uh, way of testing Apple's success. So we're going to have like a graph now, like uh, Smuggler's Index says down four points today because we're not getting the amount of money we could before. Um, so this is bogus, right? Right. Because the reason that they're going down is because the iPhone is about to go on sale in China. Yeah. Correct. Three weeks. So yeah. yeah. So I guess that's Apple just doing really well and putting the smugglers kind of out of business. Because <laughs> well, if you buy it from Apple and you sit on it and it bends, you know, you can take it back and say, hey, my iPhone bent and maybe they'll help you. But if you bought it from some, you know, Johnny smuggler, Joe Gray market, then you're kind of on your own. Yeah, you can't take it back to the smugglers. They have no return policy. Yeah. It's just like, well, this was There's illegal. There's no Apple care. Nothing. No <laughs> smuggler care. Yeah. They don't care, those smugglers. No, they don't care. Um, yeah, and it's... Um, because I think they're comparing it to like the old days when they didn't sell phones, iPhones in bulk in, in China, where it was hard to get an iPhone. So everybody was buying gray market and black market phones. That's not today. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, if you want one, it'll be here in three weeks and you could wait and it'll cost you half of the smuggler's price. Plus, you will be able to get Apple Care, and you get if you sit on it wrong, you can get whatever you need done for you. Yeah. Um, you're not supporting whatever other criminal enterprises these people are involved in. Why, you think they're doing other bad things? Maybe. Too? I don't know. I just thought they were entrepreneurs. <laughs> we're thinking, hey, <laughs> this is a good idea. I'll buy a box full of iPhones and uh, from my Boy Scout troop. Disrupt. Yeah. 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 So um, should you stumble across that headline somewhere, and it won't be on Macworld.com, Points and laugh, points and laugh. <laughs> points and laugh because it's just totally silly data. Yeah, I hope the Macalope gets his teeth into that one. That'll be fun. Or her teeth. Oh, right, or her. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who the Macalope is. Uh, I, I don't know, and I don't know what the sex of the Macalope I don't even know if the Macalope has a sex. So, don't yeah. know. Never asked. Never, never asked. I think it's an it. So, um, I think that's it for this week. I think this is this. By the way, just so you know, this is how we kind of wrap up our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we don't have a real closing. Basically, we run out of things to say, and then at that point, I go, uh, "We're done now." That's all. That's all. So um, we're done now. Okay. It was lovely to have you here, and I look forward to our ongoing partnership. Yeah, I, me too. I really it's enjoyed really fun. this. Okay, cool. Well, and that ends another episode of the Macro Podcast. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to drop us a line at podcast at macworld.com. And once again, our podcast today was brought to you by The Great Courses, engaging audio and video courses for those who love to learn, Veridesk, the height-adjustable standing desk for a healthier working environment, and Igloo, the internet you'll actually like. Thanks very much for listening.